0: Roberts Robinson's Chevrolet Buick GMC presents Kevin Keatsman has issues. Shop, click, drive at robertsrobinson.com. we got to start with a big shout-out to Spencer and Stan Weber for the podcast on Monday as the Kansas City Chiefs win the AFC Championship game over the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20 to advance to the Super Bowl, which is uh, sort of becoming an annual thing. It was a terrific football game and had all kinds of plot lines and storylines. We'll revisit some of that as we also begin to look forward to the matchup between the Chiefs and the Eagles and a lot of this factoring on the injury situation with the Chiefs, not the least of which I guess at this point is Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs quarterback, who has that injured ankle, but we saw him play and we saw him play effectively enough that we're not too concerned about the ankle long-term here for the Super Bowl as he's now got two weeks to get it about as healthy as he possibly can, but Spence and Stan did a great uh, great podcast, great job in my absence as I was having the worst travel day of my life, and I used to travel a lot for work and for fun sometimes, but mostly for work. We travel a lot. I guess 800 flights were canceled at some point early yesterday morning because of storms in the Dallas area. We, of course, were on Southwest Airlines out of San Jose Airport in California, Flying to Denver, which they said they could get us to Denver, but then they said you're going to have to spend the night. In Denver, we can't get you home from Kansas City. It doesn't matter. You've all had travel stories. I've had travel stories. We dumped the ticket. We switched airlines. We took a flight after sitting at the San Jose airport for about six hours. We got on a flight to Phoenix on American. Then we got another hour and a half delay in Phoenix. I got to bed last night sometime around 3 a.m. And traveling is no longer glamorous, which it used to be. I'm just, I guess I'll just go ahead and say this. I'm all very hopeful for the new KCI that we're going to enjoy more open spaces and a better feeling when we're stuck at the airport, because it's inevitable now. And this, this thing of, Hey, KCI was so convenient. You just drop at the door and you go right in and you fly. Well, that's fine. But guess what? We have stinking flight delays out of Kansas city all the time too, which means locals are stranded at the airport all the time as well. These airlines cannot run on time. They cannot, whether it's software whether it is uh, weather in one place, one city, wrecked all these different airlines and 800 flights canceled. It's, it's too big of a machine now. So many people are flying. These things, these airlines pack these flights so full that there is no wiggle room ever for anyone to be flexible and be able to do, it's, it's not good. I, I don't know, I don't have the answer. I'm not, a, I'm not the transportation secretary. I don't have the answer. I just know we had a really bad day on Monday after an unbelievable weekend of golf at a dream destination at Pebble Beach. And I will go through that in just a little bit. We'll, we'll get the good stuff. We'll get the good stuff on for you. Uh, it was always the plan for Spencer and Stan to do the podcast on Monday, but, uh, wow, I, I can't believe what our day was like. Our, the four of us actually wound up splitting up. Two of the guys in our group had a work thing they had to do, go to, so they flew Monday morning from San Jose to San Antonio, where they got stranded and had to spend the night because once they got to Texas, that was it. They couldn't do anything from there. So it's just a crazy, crazy, crazy situation. All right, the Chiefs win over the Bengals, which is why you hit the play button, because we cannot get enough of the Kansas City Chiefs. We cannot get enough of this team that is so entertaining, and we cannot get enough of this team that seems to have a way, and I do think this is the best Chiefs team Andy Reid has had. That would be controversial with some, but I think this is the best. Are there places where they're not as good as other Chiefs teams? Yes, absolutely. We can see that. I think we saw it in the game the other night with with receivers being hurt. At one point, Mahomes had three receivers over on the bench with injuries. I think we see at receiver, they're not as good as they were, but it doesn't matter because Patrick Mahomes' stats and numbers this year and the wins, let's, let's count the wins as well as we're going, are up from what they were a year ago. And that's a great thing. Chiefs made the Super Bowl. Can't do any better than that other than to go win it. So here we go. The whole thing is on. I like this football team. I like what the Chiefs are. And despite the fact that they have no kill shot in them, I mean, the the Chiefs, for a team that just wins and wins and wins, they do not have a kill shot. They used to have a kill shot. They They had teams that would put the accelerator down and never let up, and just get giant leads and win easily. Now, maybe the NFL has changed just as much in the last five years as anything else, but there is no kill shot. And I don't know why specifically this is the case. I guess most of it is what I just said is I I think the game is such that these teams are all just so even, and the Chiefs have so much of their payroll tied up in five or six players that they rely on young inexperienced players, and I do think the Chiefs got better by getting younger. I think their defense is better. We saw some guys making plays. We saw Loftus. We see McDuffie. We see some of these young guys out there making plays on the defensive side of the ball that the Chiefs wouldn't have made a few years ago when they were trying. when they had When they had a cheaper Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs tried to rely on expensive veteran players to fill in around him. Now, you've got all the money in Mahomes, and they've clearly said, we just have to go draft cheap players and get them out on the field. I read one piece yesterday that the Chiefs have basically hit over the last three years, 22 draft choices. They've hit on 20 of them. 20 of them are on the team and playing. That's not quite half. That's 40% of your team is cheap from the last three drafts. 20 players. That is remarkable. So the Chiefs are kind of on an island. They're in a, a league of their own that way, but it is working. Make no mistake about it. It is working. And they're actually better just because they're younger and faster. You can see it. They finished second in the NFL in sacks this year. The Eagles finished first. It's only the third time ever we're going to have a Super Bowl where it's the two leading sack teams. This could actually be a lower-scoring game. It didn't look like the Chiefs-Bengals was going to be lower-scoring. It looked like the Chiefs were going to score a bunch on Saturday. But this team that is so good at winning, this team that has such a great chance of winning the Super Bowl, has no kill shot. And I'll give you a couple of examples of what really drove me crazy in this game and not, not the stuff that people are talking about, not the officiating officiating. This is stupid. There's officiating stuff in every game. Like when D Ford lined up offsides against the Patriots five years ago. Okay. I wasn't blaming the official for making the call. It was a lame call. It was a call that gets passed over and not called many times during the course of the regular season. It was to the other side of the field. The play went to the other side of the field. D Ford was no factor ever at any point. But I didn't blame the referee. D Ford's a knucklehead. You can't have your hand on the line of scrimmage. Or in his case, maybe three or four inches past it. You can't do it. Joseph Osai cannot push Patrick Mahomes out of bounds. I don't care what anybody says. I got all these people. Are they all just gamblers? Were these people all just gamblers that lost their bet? Is that all it Is because a lot of people were lining up saying, oh, Mahomes' foot was, one foot was already out of bounds. That was egregious and everybody knows it. You can't do that. The Chiefs would never have gotten away with that. Never. So we can talk about the official, but how about the dumb player shoving Mahomes as he's going out of bounds? Joseph Osai and And we saw the videos of the Bengals when they left the field in the tunnel and some of the things that we saw. They were screaming at their own teammate. They were not complaining about the officials. They were mad that their teammate committed that foul. I think anybody that is complaining on that personal foul on that last drive, I feel like they were one of two things. They either bet on the Bengals and they're a sore loser, okay? Or two, they just don't, they've never watched football before. They've never, they've never watched. They don't know. You can't do that to the quarterback. Then they show some comparison of Frank Clark earlier in the game, where he what? What? bumps Joe Burrow after a throw and Burrow flops on the ground and puts his arm up and looks at the ref. Don't, 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 don't. Do you know that Frank Clark essentially when he bumped Burrow had his back turned to him? He was spinning and kind of turned his back and they bumped into each other after he threw the football. There is no comparison here. I'm not defending the officiating is great. It clearly was inconsistent. I felt like Torbert and his crew, but especially Torbert never had command of the game. I felt like he was always searching for a rhythm or a balance in this game, and he never fanned it. So I'm not going to defend the Ron Torbert crew. I'm not going to tell you that I thought they did a great job. I'm just going to tell you that I kind of expect this. I expect it in the Super Bowl. I expect there to be controversial calls or non-calls in the Super Bowl. It's part of the game. It's part of what we love. You got to go win the game. So that's not the... Everybody's focusing in on that stuff today. That's not the issue. The biggest issue in this game... Was with two minutes and thirty-three seconds left in the first half. The Chiefs have the opportunity to bury the Bengals. I mean bury them. The kill shot is sitting there. They get the interception. They've got the ball across midfield with 233 to go. Chiefs don't have timeouts. Cincinnati does. This is the easiest coaching decision in history. The Chiefs get the ball in the third quarter. What is the number one thing you got to do right there with 233 left? The single most important thing. You got to get a first down. You got to make the Bengals use their timeouts. You got to get this thing to the half. And if it means you only get a field goal, you only get a field goal. That'd be 16 to three and you get the ball. You got all the momentum. You just got a turnover. You ran the clock out. You kicked a field goal. You're on your way. And what did the Chiefs do? What did Andy Reid do? Three incomplete passes? I mean, how, many, how many did Mahomes have for the game? He threw three of them right there? What they burn? 12 seconds off the clock? I mean, that was a disaster for the Chiefs. So when we ask ourselves, why don't the Chiefs have that kill shot? Why don't they put teams away? We watched the Eagles in two straight games put their opponent away. Now, I can... I can explain that off fairly easily for especially what happened with the quarterback situation for the 49ers and things of that nature. It wasn't like they were just rolling up and down the field, racking up offensive stats. The Eagles are a complete football team. They're very, very good. The Chiefs are going to present a far different test for the Eagles than what they've seen in the postseason. They've had an easy go here. All right. And that's okay. You earn the one seed and and you, you get that. And their defense was great against Dallas. It's just, look. They caught a heck of a break against the Niners. That was an easy go for a championship game. The Chiefs, no easy go, but it could have been so much easier. They had the chance to put this game away right before the half. Not only did they not, they give up the score, to make it a seven-point game at the half. So the thing gets blown, and you just feel it. You're like, okay, this one's going to the wire now. The Chiefs dominated that first half. They had all those sacks. They had so many good things going in the first half of that game, and they just couldn't get it to halftime with some sort of a statement score and that feeling. Mahomes had some trouble holding onto the ball in this game. The cold weather clearly was an issue. Cold, dry air is very difficult to squeeze that football. We saw the fumble that Mahomes had, and then you look at those two things. You look at Andy Reid's poor coaching in the first half, and then the Mahomes fumble. You go, there it is, one mental and one physical mistake, and now this thing's going to the wire. And I, I don't have a problem if you want to make the argument that the Bengals not only could have or maybe should have won the game, they had a third and sixth there toward the end of the game, right around midfield, you got to convert that, get it across midfield and go get your game-winning field goal, and they didn't do it. The Chiefs get another sack right there. Five total sacks for the game by the team that was second in the NFL in sacks. Joe Burrow was hurried all night long, and the pressure, beautifully, just as Stan Weber said, Last week on the podcast, he said what the Chiefs need to do and will do is get pressure up the middle. Every quarterback is uncomfortable when the pressure is coming right in front of him. You ever wonder why those pockets expand and collapse and so many sacks happen from the edges? It's because the offensive line allows that. What the quarterback doesn't want is any pressure up the middle. And there were so many plays, the Chiefs were just pushing up the middle and getting Burrow to hurry his throws and not be as good as he normally is. The the two best plays, really, the Bengals had, both were just high-point jump balls in this game, where Burrow throws it beautifully, 11 feet up in the air. Higgins goes up and catches it. My guy's better than your guy. My guy's eight inches taller than your guy, and his wingspan's probably a foot wider. And he's going up for the ball, and he's going to get it, and your guy isn't. That's great. They pay those guys on the Bengals, too. I was surprised the Bengals didn't do more of that It seemed pretty easy when he threw the ball up, even into double coverage a couple times, that the Bengals receivers were coming down with it. They've had great success against the Chiefs doing that, but they didn't probably do enough of that in this game. So the Chiefs allow him to hang around. They get to that final drive. They get a nice kick return. They get in good position. Mahomes, of course, Mahomes, would basically seal the fate of the Bengals with his bad ankle. Because, of course, that's what Patrick Mahomes does. He scrambles. He gets to the marker. He gets shoved for 15 more. And this one was in the books. And the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. It is just fantastic. The least of my worries at this point is the ankle. But let's be honest. With no run game. I mean, no run game in this game. Three receivers out of the game at one point. A high ankle sprain. Freezing cold conditions. Against a defense that was spectacular last week, Patrick Mahomes still wins the game. 326 yards passing, two touchdowns, it was not the kind of game you watched and thought, wow, he's racking it up today. He's throwing for 330 in a couple touchdowns. It wasn't that kind of game. It was hard. It was stressful after the first quarter and a half. But my goodness, does he just keep going and going and going, and he keeps balling. We got the two best teams in football playing in the Super Bowl. What more could you want? If I'm just being completely honest and objective here, you have to kind of look at the Eagles with your head and say, that's the team that should be favored to win. I think it's more of a given that they will run the football than the Chiefs. I think Jalen Hurts is going to hurt the Chiefs with his legs. But there's two things here that could really work in the Chiefs' favor. One, Hurts, I don't think you can really count on him being a great passer in this game against the Chiefs. You're putting up good passing yards. So if you sort of control the run or you play really good defense down in the red zone, you might give up a bunch of field goals, but not touchdowns. That's possible. Now, they're a dangerous running team because they, just, they get easy touchdowns off the run game. The Chiefs cannot allow that, obviously. The other thing is, is what you've seen time and time and time again. And that is, you just can't beat Patrick Mahomes. You just can't do it. They may not kill you. They may not put you away, but there's enough good out there. There's enough good on the defense. There's enough players around him. There's enough things that, boy, you just let Patrick Mahomes hang around, and he's going to find a way way to win a football game. And I think it's going to be a heck of a Super Bowl. I mean, really, truly the best part of all this is these are the best teams. Let's go play for it. Let's go see who was the best NFL team this year, and let's see if Jalen Hurts wants to be in the same category as Patrick Mahomes, who has a chance to be the fourth quarterback in NFL history with two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl wins, and two MVPs. And he's going to try to do it on a bit of Obama ankle. Great, great stuff. KKHI is brought to you by Finch Knife Company, online at finchnifeco.com. Man, these are beautiful pocket knives. So many of you have sent me emails and said you've gotten these for others for a gift, but consider yourself. Like a pocket knife or... Maybe you'd like to start a collection of pocket knives. They're beautiful, collectible models. They're all online at finchnifeco.com. Or if you want to keep life from getting dull with a Finch knife, you can go see them in person at Shields in Overland Park, Teague Tractor in Belton, the Bullet Hole in Mission. They got all kinds of great knives right now ready to ship. They'll get them to you right away online, finchnifeco.com. Keep life from getting dull. 360 Document Solutions is your business solution in 2023 your business is in western Missouri or anywhere in the state of Kansas, Mark and his team can help you become so much more efficient and productive. Anything to do with documents or printing, IT solutions, mailing systems, phone systems, and these folks can help you out. Some of you have offices where you're tied into leases with equipment and things like that. Mark will get you out of those leases and into new equipment at a lower price. That's better stuff. You Want better products? Of course you do. Who doesn't? So call Mark at 360 Document Solutions. They're online at 360 Document Solutions.com or 913-745-5344. And our friends at Tickets for Less are doing it again. You want to go to the Super Bowl? Apply the discount code KKHI at checkout at ticketsforless.com. It is good on any live event right now at ticketsforless.com. You can get a discount. Just type in the promo code KKHI, whether you want to go to the Super Bowl, whether you want to go to Allen Fieldhouse Tuesday night to see KU and K-State. Doesn't matter what the event is. You want to see it, go. All kinds of great concerts coming up, man. The concert schedule's terrific in 2023. If you're looking for seats, why not save money? Get your discount, okay? Just use KKHI as your promo code at ticketsforless.com. Okay, so the point of my trip, I don't know how much I've shared here on the podcast and how much was on a patron podcast. Sometimes I get the two a little confused as to what I said where, but long story short, my buddy Cato, you remember a guy named Cato from the radio show all through the years. We nicknamed him many years ago. He moved back from San Antonio and he stayed at my house for a while and he he, he stayed maybe a little too long (laughs) while he was looking for a place to live and all that stuff. Uh, so that was a few years after the OJ Simpson trial where he had a guest house or a house guest was a buddy of his named Cato Kalin. So I nicknamed uh, my buddy, Rob Cato. It stuck. It was fun. He is a sales executive and has been for many, many years, and he's just really terrific at his job. And they have had a couple of really good years. And so the owner of the company, who's the CEO and owner of the company, who's younger than us, this is what was interesting, was younger than us, said, I, I'm tired of giving you these cash bonuses, Rob. Pick a friend. We're going to Pebble Beach. It's on me. And so Matt does this, and he brings along his friend who actually lives in my neighborhood. He's a dentist. And these guys were 25 years older than these guys. It was it was really interesting. They're both, they're both like um, high-level professional young men. So if you ask me, they seem very mature for their age. And I think if you ask them, they'd say that me and Kato are immature for our age. That's, that's probably right. So we're meeting somewhere here in the middle at Pebble Beach. And so we're going out there, and he's, we stay at the Inn at Spanish Bay, which Spanish Bay is another very famous course there. By the way, the PGA Tour is there this week. If you aren't familiar with Pebble Beach, turn it on Saturday and Sunday this weekend. and This is the one the celebrities play in. It's, it's really, really cool. So we play the Inn at Spanish Bay on Saturday, and it was terrific. It is a seaside Lynx course. It's like Scotland. Tom Watson of Kansas City was the co-designer of the Lynx at Spanish Bay, and we had a wonderful day there. You could basically see the ocean on every hole. Some of them were right on the water, but many of them, as they went up into the hills a little bit, you could still see out over and see the ocean. Like the ocean was never gone all day. And it was a mostly sunny day until about the 13th hole when some clouds moved in. It cooled off a little bit the last hour we were out there. We just had a wonderful, uh, wonderful day. Went to an incredible dinner at a steakhouse that night and then awoke on Sunday to the prospect of our day. Okay, our day is wake up, get your iced tea, go to Pebble Beach, play pebble beach, take it all in and finish about 45 minutes before the chiefs and Bengals start. And this was one of the most remarkable experiences of my life. We had a four caddy named David who just couldn't have been better. And he walked us around the course and we saw all these things. And he told us all the different stuff about the history of pebble beach. We talked a little real estate. We get to maybe the fourth or fifth hole. And he says, see that fixer upper there. That fixer-upper there was like $29 million. Steph Curry just bought it. It's two houses down. He goes down there. down There are two houses to the right. The owner of the Warriors lives there. Somebody from the Firestone family lives in between them. And this fixer-upper is a mansion. It's massive, but you could tell it didn't look like the other two. So Steph Curry's going to have to put millions into that house to have it. And we go around and some of the houses are just incredible. We get the biggest house I think I saw. He goes, oh yeah, that was Gene Hackman's. I said, look at this place. He said, wait till we come around the side. There's a whole guest house back there and everything else. Gene Hackman sold it a few years ago, I guess for 39 million to somebody. And then they put millions more in it. We saw Bing Crosby's old house where they used to have all the parties back in the day when he started playing this golf tournament and so many really, really, really cool spots and neat things the highlight of the course it really depends on who you are number 7 is considered the signature hole it's a 91 yard par 3 that basically falls off a cliff down to the ocean it's really cool drive your cart or walk gingerly down the hill because something bad could happen so we get there and david says it's playing 91 yards boys i don't i don't even know what the actual yardage was because it's downhill so it was more than 91 it was probably 105 108 something like that he says it's playing 91 there's a little breeze it's downhill 91 yard club great so there's kind of a back tee box behind the one we were playing we're playing the regular men's tees and so and it's elevated so I go up there and I shoot videos of all three of my buddies hitting this shot and I will post these uh, for the patrons we'll do a newsletter and I'll post some of these cool videos for the patrons and everybody hit an okay shot there. Matt hit his on the green. And then he said, hey, I'll shoot you while you're hitting yours. Okay, so I was the last to go. And I've got a, it's too much information, a 50-degree gap wedge. And I take a little three-quarter swing and hit it down there. And I thought it was going in, or I thought it was going to hit the pin. And it didn't. It skirted right by the pin and was eight feet away. And it was just a thrill. And then everybody else obviously plays before me on the green. And I'm staring out at the ocean. So I'm now, I'm on the water. I'm really not watching the other guys. I'm away from my ball. I've marked it. And you just get this way when you golf and you invest so much into going to a place and say, I'm going to play that place someday. You have so much emotionally invested in it. All I'm thinking is just really selfish thoughts at this point. I did think for a moment or two, Matt's on the green. He's got a chance at a birdie here, which would be really cool. And he had like a 15 footer, 18 footer. And I thought it'd be really cool. But then, I'm, I'm, man, I'm staring out. I'm looking at the water. I'm seeing if there's any whales breaching out there. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know what, you idiot? If you only make one putt this entire trip, this is the one you want. you want to be able to say you birdied this hole. And Matt pours his M right in front of me, 15, 18 feet away, just pours it in. And he gets excited and laughs and smiles, and we all high-five because it's a big deal now. This is a big deal. This hole, the wind's coming off the water, big deal. It sounds like an easy short hole. This is a big deal. He walks around toward the edge. He starts looking out at the ocean, and he gets a little emotional for some time. I'm not going to get into him, okay? It wouldn't be fair to him for me to say anything publicly here about him, but we have known of something that there was an emotional response of, of something he wanted to kind of connect with and feel it Pebble, and he was doing that, and, and I, he was, like, welling up a little bit, you know? here's these grown men in this, this unbelievable setting. And now it's my turn to putt. And I thought I pushed it right. I did. The caddy read it perfectly. It was a right edge putt. And I thought I pushed it three or four inches outside the right from eight feet. And I don't know what happened, but that putt just stayed online the whole way. And I didn't push it. I thought I had, and it just kind of, crept in the right edge and made the birdie putt and we had the best time ever and we took pictures the next hole number eight was ridiculous the edge of the fairway is this cliff that falls off into the ocean it's where Jordan Spieth a few years ago got in trouble with his wife and his mom for trying to hit a shot right at the edge he would have died if he fell when he hit the shot it would have killed him the cliff is up high enough he never would have survived the fall and yet he in a pro tournament sat out there and, and did that there's some crazy places if you don't know where you're going at pebble it can like really be dangerous. We had the most wonderful time ever. And we scoot our way around the course and I'm actually playing pretty well. There's trouble at every turn. So I made a couple of double bogeys and one of them came at 17. And I was not pleased with this, but the hole was much harder than I thought. We played it from 179. It was into the wind. This is where Tom Watson chipped in at the 1982 US Open. The shot heard around the world. There is a plaque right beside the green where Tom Watson stood on that day to get out of a tie and into the lead against Jack Nicklaus to win the U.S. Open. He had a dainty little chip shot from the thick grass. He had a decent lie in thick grass. That grass is still there. It was not as thick because it's not the U.S. Open right now. The green's also not as fast now because it's not the U.S. Open. Watson's caddy told him, you can do this. You can get it close. And Watson's response famously was, get it close. Hell, I'm going to make it. And his caddy Bruce Edwards never really said anything after that, he gets up, he hits the shot. It goes in. There's pictures all over Pebble Beach's clubhouse of this unbelievably historic, iconic Pebble Beach golf shot, maybe the most famous shot in Pebble Beach history. And so I went and I took a picture of the plaque and I was the only one of the four. I was really surprised. I dropped a ball there. I dropped it exactly where he hit it. Exactly. And then I had to make believe where the pin was because our pin was in the middle of the green and his was short, what we call short-sighted. So the chip itself was maybe only about 12 feet in the air, maybe not even quite that far, 10 feet in the air. But then the pin was only six or eight feet on the green from there. And the whole thing runs away from you. And if it doesn't go in, it's going 30 feet past. And so I only did it once. I thought, well, if I scull this or do something dumb, I'll drop another ball and get this right. And so I hit it just about right. I chipped it to where the fringe is or just onto the green, and the ball rolled out about 30 feet. There was no pin there for me to aim at, but I just wanted to see what the ball would do. And these were not nearly as severe conditions as what he would have had in the U.S. Open. And I just, I remember growing up as a kid, there's just things you remember about sports, about the teams you loved when you were younger. It's just different. Like Patrick Mahomes is incredible, but for me, he's never going to replace Tom Watson and George Brett. Cause I was a kid, you know, it was just different. So he's never going to be that the way, the way when you're a kid, you look at somebody older, that's great. And is in your city is completely different than when you're older, looking at somebody half your age, but it's just, it's just different. So I just, I I was just thrilled to be there and get a chance to play that hole and do that. And then we go around and get to 18 and it's all on the ocean. And you've seen 18 at Pebble and we, we hit our drives and that was cool. And we started walking. And I am not kidding you. I, I don't know where this came from. I just got goosebumps walking down the fairway. I'm I'm weird, man. I'm an odd duck. Kevin Keatsman has issues now. You really shouldn't be walking down a fairway on a golf course and get goosebumps. And after double bogeying 17, I was able to par 18. I hit a good drive. The layup was fine. My um, shot onto the green, I left myself about a 20-footer for birdie and missed it. Took my par, moved on, shot 83 at Pebble Beach and was thrilled. Absolutely thrilled. It was hard. It was a hard golf course. and We had some hard conditions. It rained a couple times during the day, but it was fantastic. And if you play golf and you've got a bucket list course, go play it. Whatever it may be for you, go play it. Just go do it. All right, KKHI is brought to you by Advantage Termite and Pest Control. Love those guys at Advantage. I've been with them for over 20 years. All things Keatsman House. Advantage Termite and Pest Control takes care of. Aaron and his team are the pros. AdvantageTPC.com or call 913-768-8989. and set up our annual service this year. Bundle and save with Advantage Termite and Pest Control. AdvantageTPC.com. Advanced Medical Imaging is online at MedImageKS.com. I just keep getting emails from folks that say they're going in there and getting their plaque score on their heart and getting the clean bill of health from seeing all the organs in their torso. See what's inside at Advanced Medical Imaging. Online at MedImageKS.com. Or call Tricia. She schedules all the appointments. She can get you in today or tomorrow, I feel sure. 785-856-0224. That's 785-856-0224. If you're getting an MRI or a CT scan, they take all major insurance carriers. Don't go to the time-consuming hospital change. They're going to, if you want to get a CT scan or an MRI through your doctor, typically with your insurance, they're going to set you up like two weeks down the road. Now, who wants to wait on that? Don't do it. Advanced Medical Imaging is the way to go. MedImageKS.com. And of course, Tim Cross and his team at Cross Kitchens KC whether you just need a couple of countertops or a floor refinish, or if you want to do the big job and remodel that kitchen or man cave or bathroom, today's your last day, essentially, right now. This is it. This is the last time I'm going to mention this. You get uh, an appointment with Tim by January 31, and your countertops are free. This is no joke. You're going to save thousands over waiting, and you don't have to do the work right away. You can get on the books for June if you want, if that's when it works for you. If you got a project, you're going to be out of town or something for vacation and want the work to start then, they can do it then. CrossKitchensKC.com. January 31 is the last day to mention the free countertops at CrossKitchensKC.com. All right, some other sports notes. Royals signed Zach Greinke. Contract terms are not out. Zach Greinke won exactly three games for the Royals last year. They paid him $13 million. You can run the math. That's over $4 million a win. And it's probably some similar number this year okay, all right, it, it, because it's probably important for the Royals this year to show more progress and win some more games. And part of the way to do that is through pitching, and Granke had some moments where he was pretty good last year. So he's back. I don't have a lot of commentary to add there. I haven't had a chance to digest a lot of it. I was out this weekend. I'm not, I'm not shortchanging you folks today. I'm not jipping you on any of these things, but I'd be lying if I sat here and said I saw every play of the Mizzou game. I've watched the highlights of that, KU and K-State from over the weekend because we really weren't in a position to watch those games. I did see the second half of the KU game when we were out to dinner on Saturday night. I couldn't hear it, but I could see it. And from what I could tell, I mean Wilson had his 22 points. What I could tell is is KU is KU again. I mean they were just they held him at bay, they didn't let him go on big runs. They were, you know, very dedicated to playing a very I hate to use this term because it's college, but this it applies to Kansas when they play like this. They just played a very professional game, from what I could tell. They're turning the corner. They lost those three in a row. I thought they were better against Baylor last week, except for the blocking out. I thought they were making some progress, and then they just handled Kentucky. 77-68, that's pretty good stuff. KU hosts Kansas State on Tuesday night, and KU is now a seven-point favorite in that game. I expect them to beat Kansas State and, and maybe actually beat them rather easily. I'd I'd sense that KU is turning the corner. We have seen this before with them. The big story is Mizzou just putting a beat down on Iowa State. How good is that and how random was that? Did you see that coming? I mean, that's just phenomenal. That is a really, really good win for Missouri. And they're just in great shape now. Missouri is in, in really great shape. And this Big 12 SEC thing was fun. OU drilled Alabama What in the world was that? Mississippi State beat TCU. Kansas State looked really good against Florida in a game that Florida was just trying to make ugly, and they got their win. And the fans made a little national news, I guess, doing the Gator chomp uh, on multiple occasions. But Sometimes it was a deafening Gator chomp. They were mocking the Florida Gators at Bramlage Coliseum, which has become right now a wild place to go watch a basketball game. There's something crazy going on there. And we'll see what happens on Tuesday night in the Big 12 as KU will host K State. Buck Roofing's proud to be a sponsor of KKHI. Ron Buck will get you a free estimate. Just give him a call, 913 384 2680. It's an inspection. It costs nothing to have him look at your roof. And sleep well. Knowing Buck Roofing, inspected the roof over your house. And our friends at B Stock, they have Samsung The Frame TVs for $300 less than Best Buy. It's true. They also have Dell laptops, Windows 10 Pro installed, $299 total. The software alone is $200. Everywhere else, the Dell laptop, Windows 10 Pro installed, just $299 at B-Stock, 14680 South Flaming Road, and Samsung The Frame TVs, $300 less than Best Buy. It's all at bstock.net. Order it online. Have those Dell laptops shipped anywhere. Outfit your entire office. It's time for your new sales team to have new computers you can't get a better price. Can't get a better price than bstock.net in Olathe. All right, we'll do another podcast here real soon and have more politics and news in it. This one was obviously sports heavy. The one headline I take away from knucklehead Joe Biden is apparently now the House, we're trying to end the emergency funding for COVID-19. Remember in September, Joe Biden said COVID was over. Now the White House has been trying to say, no, it's not over. They just want to keep pissing money away. It is a complete and utter waste. And now Joe Biden, because he's going to look bad because the Republicans are saying it's over, we're going to pull the funding, there's no more emergency, this, nothing, because they wanted to go down that track and make him look bad. He has agreed that COVID is over. This is my, this is my favorite. This is my favorite COVID story yet of all the stupid things we've done. Joe Biden in September said COVID was over. And now he's declared that on May 11th, it's over. It's January 31st. We're going to go four more months. Four more months of funding. Funding what? The pharmaceutical companies? Folks, this is the most outrageous big pharma scam yet COVID 19. And we're seeing stuff happening everywhere that is not good. It doesn't make Democrats look good. It doesn't make Big Pharma look good. It makes it all look bad. Oh, we're going to extend this funding. Oh, May 10th. May 10th, be careful now. There's still a COVID emergency. But he looked into his crystal ball, and on May 11th, there will not be a COVID emergency. So now we know, Woo! we're going to be out of that danger zone on May 10th. My God, these people take us for fools. Absolute fools. We'll get into much more of that, though, as the week goes on. Thank you so much for indulging me and allowing me to share my golf story. I try not to share a lot of those things here. I don't know if I bore you to tears with them or what, but it was a really special weekend. And I'm sorry I missed the podcast after the Chiefs beat the Bengals. We're back. We're strong. We're going to be here all week. We appreciate you telling your friends all about it. We're going to have all kinds of fun coverage leading up to the Chiefs and Eagles in the Super Bowl at Kevin Keatsman has issues.